All right, everybody. Welcome to the next installment of the Takeover Show here on Buddy Guy Radio. We've got a really special guest in the studio tonight, man. We've got a killer new band. These guys are really burning up the charts. They're doing all kinds of great stuff. I want to welcome you. We've got our good friends here from GA20, man. Give it up for Matt Stubbs, everybody. He's in the studio with us. Everybody say hi to Matt. How you doing? Thanks I'm good, man. I'm good. So we've got one of the three right here with us tonight, man. And we're going to we're gonna talk all about everything that's GA20. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on, how they got into music, what they're working on. We're going to talk about their new record that's out and um, just kind of get into all that. And then they've got a killer set of music picked out. So without further ado, let's get into this soiree. So... When was the magic moment that you realized you were good enough to make records? Well, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm good enough to make records now. But I'm everybody gives me that same answer. They're like, "Oh, geez, I don't know if that moment's happened." Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I can do better, but uh, I'm I'm happy with the way they sound overall. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been playing guitar probably since I was 13 or 14, but going into the studio and making records like myself, I yeah. probably started that in about 2009 or 10. I think okay. I'm, I'm instrumental records back then. Yeah. Now, did I read correct that you were part of the touring band for Charlie, uh, Charlie Musselwhite? I still, I still am. am. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie 15, 15 years. years. Nice. Nice. And how did you get hooked up with Charlie, if I can ask? Uh, at the time, I was living in Los Angeles, playing with okay. some other blues artists. Um, and I got a call one day. I actually back up. I was playing with a guy named John Namath, who was a singer, blues heart player, singer. And he would use different bands for tours. So I know who John is. Going, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I was going out, you know, for about a year with him. And he would use different bands. And on one of the tours, he used a drummer. Uh, his name was June Core. Okay. And, and I became good buddies. And he was it was with Charlie already for a long time. And 
there came up an opportunity where Charlie needed a new guitar player and June recommended me. And I eventually just got the call from Charlie and I've been with him ever since. Nice. And he just had a brand new record come out, if I'm not mistaken. So he did. Yeah. He did like a, a kind of one where he's playing guitar the whole time, which is right. You know, right. Not right. Too many of those really cool. Sounds good. I like that. favorite uh favorite performances do you have one that comes to mind yeah uh venue wise I, I, with charlie i've been able to play some pretty cool venues like i've played the sydney opera house oh wow uh, jazz fest and uh probably the coolest one for me was we played hollywood bowl a few years ago uh, that would be a cool pandemic, show which yeah which is pretty awesome i've seen so many so much footage of bands that i love play there okay uh, I would say those are venues and then certain gigs. There were some tours I did with Charlie where Charlie's band backed up Charlie, but we also backed up John Hammond and James Cotton, you know, oh, wow. each, night. So for, okay. you know each night for about two or three weeks, I was on stage playing guitar behind those, those guys, which was 
amazing and scary at the same time. I, I can imagine. It's like, and then there's nowhere to hide, man. You're out there, you're doing your uh, thing. Yep. Uh, so if I read my 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 uh, info right, you and the fellows uh, started GA20 in 2018. How did you all come together? How did this all work? At the time I was living in Boston, um, in Char- I was obviously playing with Charlie. Okay. Charlie had put out a record with Ben Harper. With oh, ben yeah. Harper's band. So he was going out for a full year with Ben, <clears throat> which okay. had no Charlie, Charlie Muscle White band gigs. So I found myself after a long time being on the road nonstop that I had a full year off the road. And at the time uh, I was buddies with Pat, the singer. And yeah. I just came up with an idea of putting together a little Chicago blues style, like fifties Chicago blues and just kind of play around town. There yeah. wasn't a lot of that going on in Boston. Okay. We were just doing like little background, you know, music gigs, like at wine bars and stuff like that. And pretty quickly we, we dug the way it sounded. So we wrote some songs and went into the studio and that ended up being our first record. Nice. You know, I was, Satisfied, Lord have You know the nightmares got on me. some song
Good Lord up in heaven Katie May will come back home to me someday Wait a while So tell me about the new record, man. What do you guys got going on? Tell me how's it going and what you guys put into it. Yep. So the record comes out uh, actually today. The second single came out today called Dry Run, but the record's called uh, Crackdown. It's out yeah. September 9th. Yeah. Um, it was actually the follow-up. We recorded this a little while ago, and it was the follow-up to our first record, Lonely Soul. But then right. around the time we were getting ready to put it out, everything shut down. So we actually shelved the record because we wanted to make sure we were able to tour behind it and do you know PR and all that. Sure. And uh, during the lockdown, we got contacted by Bruce over at Alligator to possibly do a record with him. But oh, we we were already signed to yeah, we were signed to Coal Mine Records. But it was the 50th anniversary of Hound Dog, and so we ended up getting Alligator and our label Coal Mine to work together, put out a tribute to Hound Dog. So that ended up being our second record, rather than Crackdown. But Crackdown is really a follow up to Lonely Soul. It's nine originals and one cover song. But yeah, it's it's. It's traditional blues, but this one has a, a few other um, influences that snuck in there on a couple tunes. There's there's some rock, you know rock and roll and a little bit of country on one, but uh, mostly it's still a traditional blues record. You know us writing songs in the style of blues that we like. I like that man. Now, did I hear right that that Char- uh, Hound Dog had six fingers? Yeah, yeah I, I believe he had six fingers on both hands, and he ended up what? cutting one of his fingers off with a with a knife. But yeah, Holy like his shit. his left hand, the one his fretting hand had six fingers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he, 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 he was some stories. Slide on and still play with five fingers. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows. Who 
got lost, I got lost, trying to find my way. I got lost, I got lost, trying to find my way, trying to find my way, find my way. I don't know where I'm headed. If I wish you where I've been, I've been out across the country. I've been back again. I've been back again. Nightmares rode me. Nightmares rode me. Nightmares rode me all night long. Please forgive me. I've been no harm. I've been no harm. I've been no harm. obviously the pandemic comes in how did you guys deal with that i mean did you do a lot of recordings uh how did you guys deal with the quarantine well first we didn't do much of anything but then okay. uh when the opportunity came out to make the hound dog record is mm-hmm. when we kind of put a schedule together where we would rehearse once or twice a week i have a little okay. screen the porch so we would do it outside and then uh not knowing when the pandemic was going to end and it didn't end for a long time we didn't really want to go into the studio so i ended up right. building a studio at my house during that time and when that, we recorded the Hound Dog record at that studio, just the that's three cool. One engineer, that's cool. But then, uh, yeah, then we kind of got on a little roll. So uh, we got the Hound Dog record done, and then we got two other records done in that time. So we have Crackdowns coming out in September. We have two other records that are all done and lined up to be released in the next year and a half. After that, too. You know, that's cool because I know a lot of artists that that's basically how they dealt with with uh the pandemic they they wrote a bunch of music um i know buddy guy for instance uh had an album that was about to drop uh that he had recorded prior to the pandemic was all mastered ready to go and then that happened he was out on tour and he didn't really in fact the album's coming out now at the end of september he didn't want to release it like everybody else i know several other artists and musicians were like if we can't tour, we can't back it up. It, it'll fall into oblivion, man, and you know, and and really miss that mark. So I understand how that goes. So you've got two more. Actually, we were on tour, with buddy. That tour right before it shut down. It was Charlie Musselwhite, Jimmy Vaughn, and Buddy Guy in, in March of 2020. So we, we finished up. I think the last show we did was 
was it, I think it was Oakland. I think we did a show in Oakland, California, and then yeah. a week later, everything shut down. Yeah. Yeah, because if I remember right, you guys were all on the California run, the California yep. leg of it, and then he had rolled into, I think, Phoenix okay. right around that time, and the governor of the state of Arizona put an announcement out that day, said, hey, everything is, that's it. Yeah. We're, we're shutting it down. I don't know how you guys got back, but I know he jumped on a plane. How they got on planes, I don't even know how they got that done. I'll change my style. Oh, baby, like a child At the beating of my heart beat Too slow for you Tell me, oh, tell me And I'll change that too I'll change Even change my toe And there is something about my kisses That don't please you Tell me, oh, tell me And I'll change that too Buddy Guy again. You listen to Buddy Guy Radio Station. Don't you move that dial, man, because you're going to hear some blues that you don't hardly hear anywhere else except this Buddy Guy Radio Station. If I were the sun way up there, I'd go with the most everywhere. I'd be the moon when the sun goes That's how strong my love is That's how strong my love is That's how strong my love is 
you pick up the guitar uh, i picked it up when i was 13 um my father's a guitarist and i grew up with his band you know doing rehearsals at the house and going to his gigs okay cool so I, I would owe most of it to him um it took about a year or two for me to really fall into it you know kind of frustrating learning an instrument when you i, had, I didn't play any anything else until i picked up the guitar okay okay but by 15 i you know i pretty much had the blinders on and by 16 i was, do, I was doing gigs with my father's band nice now what kind of and, music uh, did he play he played blues and like early rock and roll type stuff, oh, Chuck cool, Berry, Bo cool. Diddley, and but but he was a huge blues fan. I mean, he he had an uncle when he was growing up that would bring him out and see like Albert King and BB King and Buddy Guy and you know. What I mean? So uh, yeah, so I just grew up around. Him. I was lucky.
you were mentioning like with your dad and you picked up the guitar at an early age. What was it like where you grew up? So I grew up in southern New Hampshire, so about an hour okay. north of Boston. Okay. Uh, not far from Boston. I grew up in a pretty quiet neighborhood, kind of bedroom community. But mm -hmm. there was, at the time, a lot of venues in New Hampshire and, and Massachusetts. <clears throat> I mean, every weekend, my father would take me out to see bands. You know, we'd find the venues where you could get you know, 15, 16 year old kid in and we would follow some local bands that were, there was a lot yeah. more blues going on at the time, yeah. but then also national touring bands, bands that were like a couple clicks up more than a local band. And then all the way up to, you know, I used to go see buddy as a little kid all the time. Um, it was great, man. And there was blues jams everywhere back then too. So like during the nice. week, he'd take me out and I'd be able to sit in and it was cool. Well, I've got a lover that moves my soul. You show a nose how to rock and roll. Cause he's a tough lover, yeah, yeah. He's a tough lover, He's a tough lover, yeah, yeah. Tough lover, uh-huh. When he kisses me, I get a thrill. But when he does that wiggle, I can't keep still. Cause he's a tough lover, yeah, yeah. He's a tough lover, woo. A tough lover, yeah, yeah. Tough lover, uh-huh. The seven sisters have nothing on him. I'm talking about loving his family. I, I was just around it because of my father. Right. You just kind of fell into it. Yeah. I mean, I liked when I was 15 or 16, I liked some other pop music at the time, like Oasis or, or Lenny Kravitz and stuff like that. Good call. But even, even like, and I always loved the Beatles, but like Lenny Kravitz, my father would be like, oh, if you like this, you'll probably like Jimi Hendrix. And then I listened to Jimi and then Jimi Hendrix, I found Buddy Guy and then Albert King. And I kept going back a little further and a little further. Um, but it happened pretty quickly. So by 16 or 17, I like through that. maybe my mid 20s i only probably listened to like 50s and early 60s blues i didn't even listen to oh, like man that's anything cool. past probably 71 and then you know after that I, when i got into producing and some other stuff i like all kinds of music now right but really i mean i'm i no matter what i play i would consider myself a blues guitarist not i'm not a rock guitarist or anything oh, i love that
good woman cry All because A foolish man had lied She give up all she had To show how much she cared But the man
thoughts on how we can continue uh, this legacy of the blues for future generations? Uh, some of the newer guys and kids that maybe aren't that well familiar with it. How can we keep this music moving? Because Buddy was afraid that the blues would be gone as a genre of music within 10 years. So, you know, you're a newer band. You guys, I mean, you're not new, but your band is relatively newer. Right. How can yeah. we keep this thing moving along, keep this blues freight train rolling? I think getting it in front of people that don't know they like it. You know what I mean? Uh, whether that's okay. younger or older. I mean, obviously younger because they're going to be around longer. But sure, uh, I know us as a band, we play blues festivals and some blues clubs, but we we specifically try to have our agent put us in other markets, you know, uh, mm -hmm. go out with Americana bands, rock and roll bands, different clubs. We don't, I know some blues bands stick kind of just to the blues scene and circle. They play. I the get that. Stuff. We we do we definitely do that. I mean, we're a blues band, so we're definitely doing those festivals and stuff. But we make a big effort to go play in places where we're the only blues band. I mean, it happens all the time to us. We'll get on something. Okay, that could be a southern rock thing. It could be a rock and roll or Americana, and we're literally the only traditional blues band in sight. I mean, I think that's and, and it usually I've, we've never had a bad experience with it. Usually, by the time we're done. People say, what kind of music was that? They don't even, or they just think it's rock and roll or something. They just don't even know, you know?
me see. Now, this is kind of a curveball for you, and I don't even know if you might have an answer for this. Um, how do you see gospel music and blues music being interrelated, or do you? Oh, I, this, I mean, historically, absolutely. You know what I mean? I think a lot of a lot of music came out of the church. You know, I'm, I'm not uh, a gospel expert by any means. I like that gospel makes two music. of us. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of the artists that I love listening to, I think that a lot of them started singing in church. You know what I mean? So I definitely I've heard think that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it goes hand in hand, especially from the roots of the music. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's five minutes to two. So I just feel like it, if, and I don't know how you feel, but you know, you know, we left the hotel, everybody had a shower today. And it's not the ideal, it's, it's the thing, real. I just want to get funky for you, we let that. If you like getting funky, Mr. Brewer, let's get funky for a little while.
ever achieve the mass appeal it really deserves? Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, I think lots of, I mean, I think it's a timeless art form. And I think it, a lot of these things come in waves. Like, right. Uh, you know, we'll take somebody to come and, and, and create waves again, like Steve mm-hmm. Ray Vaughan did or, um, yeah, you know, in the sixties, like the British invasion did. I don't know though. I mean, music's always changing. I think it will always be here. Uh, I know us as a band, we're trying, like I said, trying to bring it to a lot of people. I mean, I think people that like blues will find us. I think that's a no-brainer in our our yep. space because. show tonight what do you guys do the day of do you guys do any talking or do you guys stay pretty quiet do you guys do any tuning up or jamming or what do you guys do on a get an average day show day? uh i don't warm up on guitar i just okay. get up there and, i mean we do a sound check pat does a big vocal warm-up cool okay. down thing but i tell him to go in the other room to do it because i don't want to okay. hear it okay uh, and tim i think tim sometimes warms up you know he's a little drum pad i don't think it's like over the top like huge uh ordeal but um and we're we tour a lot, so we're around each other a lot. So yeah, we don't always we it's not we don't like sit around and get all pumped up before we go on. We just get up there and do our yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't do that. <laughs> 
had in your style after? I mean, we talked about a little bit earlier some of the guys you, you that you, you like to idolize and that you pattern yourself yeah. after. Who? Tell me a little bit more about you know some again some of your influences and is there anybody out there that really that you try to you know do your thing after? Uh, well, I, at this point, I, I, the influences are there because I spend so much time listening mm -hmm. to all of these cats. But uh, mm -hmm. at this point, I, I I'm not when I'm on stage, I'm not thinking about oh I should do this because so and so does it. We try to put on a high energy show, but be ourselves. Uh, Pat's a little bit more animated on stage than I am, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just trying to put on a really good set. You know, we, we, we try to design the set list so it has peaks and valleys and it sure. keeps the listener engaged. Sure. Uh, but I do think showmanship and a show and talking to the audience. Um, right. I'll do more of that than Pat. Pat doesn't do all that much talking over the mic. You know, just telling stories and interacting. I think all the, all the great uh, front people that I've seen that I've, I've kind of grew up that moved me were people that, you know, would just talk to the audience, you know, give them a story every once right. in a while. Uh, maybe just tell them where where the song's coming from or whatever, or just, or just tell them a joke. Or, or, yeah, or just you know, I like I like jokes, so just trying to be a little funny. I think that's. Cool.
some gasoline You know the way I feel sometimes I feel like, I feel just like drinking me some gasoline It's cracking me a match And blow my, blow my fool self up in steam knows and then i have one more after that so tell us something about you that nobody knows well nobody i i, I don't know if i have a fact off the top of my head that nobody knows uh something that, that most people wouldn't know is uh for a big portion a few years ago i was pretty obsessed with uh endurance sports okay so like ultra marathoning uh iron man triathlon so really it was about okay. a four-year window where i was touring with charlie i would go do the tours and i didn't do anything else when i was home i would just be training five to six hours like i 
I ran a 68 mile race in under 11 hours, shit like that. I mean, God that was like, bless you, man. I, I'm not doing that I anymore. Couldn't but do I couldn't do that, that shit like if a, I like the pendant on So here's my last question for you. This mm-hmm. is my final Dan Rather moment. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to talk about? Well, you covered a lot, man. I, I think uh, 
just one thing I'd like people to do is, is, is listen to our music. And if it connects with them and they like it, maybe dig, dig a little deeper. And, and, you know, we, I always try to mention influences and to go listen to some traditional blues. I mean, okay. like I said, a lot of people know modern blues cause it's here, but, uh, and it's, you know, it's at a lot of these festivals, but actual traditional blues. Um, I like that. Especially Chicago blues, our favorite, you know, nice. go, go dig in buy records, go to record stores, buy records and listen Can't last this 